On today's show, Jordan Simi continues to party with French models while Sammy Robinson attends an event solo. Did Maddie Garrick just soft launch a new relationship just weeks after her breakup with Sophie Keisha? Mummy blogger Olivia White's misleading giveaway and Love Islander Maura Higgins' health scare. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Sophie Torber and it may seem strange that we are coming to you from a Wednesday. A lot of people thought we may be recovering from your hens party, Kate. We are a day late putting this episode out. Yeah, that's funny that people were saying that because we did not have a drop of alcohol to drink. It sounds like it was a boring weekend, (laughs) but it was a very wholesome hens weekend. We had our mum staying with us and she actually ended up being a super spreader event and giving everyone COVID. Now, I'm just joking because it's not mum's fault. We don't know where it came from, but she was just patient zero of the hens party. Fortunately, this all happened on the way home. So we managed to have a really good weekend and you'll notice that Amy is missing and that's because Amy shared a bed with mum during the hens weekend and she's got COVID. To be fair, you say it's a super spreader event. There's so far three people with COVID. I'm a little bit scared. My voice is a bit raspy. I don't know if the vid is coming for me, but let's talk about the nice things because I still feel like I'm on a high from the weekend. It was so much fun. Kate, what were your favorite bits about it? It's really hard to say because the whole weekend was so good. Obviously, the Barbie-themed party, you and Amy and my other bridesmaids, Pip and Owen, outdid yourselves. It was on point. Someone said it looked like a Pinterest board. And Sophie, I feel like your head blew up. It really did. (laughs) I mean, we had a joke that Sophie just kept telling me everything that was happening and sending me photos, but there definitely were some great surprises. I think the tattoos were a good surprise. So on Etsy, I found that you can get temporary tattoos and basically you can have the groom's face printed as a tattoo. (laughs) So we had Reese's face. Then we had Mrs. Turner printed because we always pay Kate out and call her Mrs. Turner because that's Reese's surname. Then we had Come On Barbie, Let's Go Party and also Kate's Hens. I actually haven't used all the tattoos yet, though. I'm still looking at my Kate's Hens <laughs> one. I did rip Reese's face off my arm and some of my fake tan came up. So, yeah, that was amazing. I also love the Airbnb that we stayed at in Habra, which is just between Middleton and Port Elliot. And we had a view of the amazing beach and we just spent most of the time sitting on the balcony chatting. We also painted pottery penises. I think one of the biggest surprises was on the Saturday, I went out with Yusof and Owen to go get some pizzas for dinner and we came back and I am just astounded by mum's acting skills. So she was (laughs) pacing out the front, pretending to be on the phone. And then she goes, I'm just so disgusted in Dale and Reese." And we're like, what, what's happened? And she was insinuating that there were strippers inside. So Amy passed me a eye mask and I was like, oh no, because I really did not want to have strippers. And Pony was blaring from the room and they sat me down. And then when they took the blindfold away, there was a big cutout of Channing Tatum with Reese's face stuck onto it. (laughs) I was very relieved. We've been working on that since last week because we've been trying to plant the seed that the boys have been planning something. So I think that one went down nicely. I think another highlight was seeing the pinata penis that Amy made. So last week we were saying that it's probably going to hold her up from being on time to the event, but it didn't. And it actually looked so good. I believe she shot a DIY video of how to make it. (laughs) See, I'm disappointed, Kate. I went to all this trouble with all the Pinterest stuff. And then all you can remember is this gigantic pinata. No, it just made a special appearance in a lot of photos. I did love the Barbie boxes. I'm so cut because mine got a bit of water on it, but they were packed with lollies and all. Oh, I don't know. Everything Glasses. is oh, also. I did love my Olivia Rogers inspired bride 
light up headband. <laughs> I was very impressed with that when it came out. I feel like a lot of listeners might be in the same boat as us and they're planning hens parties. And one thing that I struggled with was coming up with hens parties game. But one that worked really well was two truths and one lie. I felt like it was a really great icebreaker for people who didn't know each other and a good way to get the group together. Yeah, I loved it as well. I did enjoy pin the penis on the Channing Tatum slash Reese cutout, particularly when mum hit the bullseye straight away. On the- <laughs> I also thought the guess the dress game was good. So basically I got a cutout of Barbie and I stuck Kate's head on it and then everyone had to draw what dress they think she's going to have. I have to also say that I think the pink theme worked really well. It looks so effective. It seems to be a very popular one because I literally on Facebook and Instagram saw two other hens parties the same weekend with that theme. (laughs) Okay, I just got a little delivery. So I actually got these from Selling My Wardrobe. Mummy blogger Olivia White has been accused of misleading her followers in a branded giveaway competition. The 33-year-old allegedly awarded the prize to her Pilates instructor after more than 20,000 entries were lodged. So before we get into it, I think we need a refresher on who Olivia White is. Yeah, well, as you said, Kate, she is a mummy blogger with over 157,000 followers, and she does go by the name House of White on Instagram. Now, to refresh your memory, we previously spoke about Olivia back in 2020 when she was accused of misleading followers after releasing champagne flutes that she claimed were original pieces inspired by her mother and grandmother. So the champagne flutes were shaped like women's bodies and it was sort of paying homage to body positivity. And it was later discovered that she didn't actually design the glasses, but in fact bought them from Ali Barber. I actually think that's one of my favorite episodes. We should leave a link in the show notes to it for those who missed it. Yeah, I love that one too. I feel like we had so much fun recording it. Yeah, we did. Anyway, let's get into what has happened this time. So Olivia ran a competition to give away a kid's couch on Instagram and she collaborated with a brand called Watsy. So they make soft play furniture. Now, the post showed up on both of their accounts because it was one of those new collaboration posts that you did. She wrote on Instagram, we are loving our Watsy play couch so much and want you to fall in love too. So we are giving away a play couch valued at $500. So in order to enter the competition, followers had to follow Olivia's page and also the Watsy page. They also had to like and tag a friend. So it's pretty typical of most tag and win competitions. So with this competition, you could enter as many times as you want. So every comment was an entry and the post attracted over 20,000 comments. So you can imagine how many extra followers Olivia and the brand attracted through this post. She also did plug her discount code for those who couldn't wait for the competition to be drawn. Now, Sophie, there has been a lot of contention around how Olivia actually drew the competition winner. Can you explain to us what happened? Yeah, well, usually with large scale giveaways like these, most brands and influencers use random number or digital generators to select a winner. However, in this case, Olivia used a silver bowl, which she drew the winner's names from. What, like, so, so she wrote the names down yeah. and just put them? Because so, how are you meant to do that when there's 20,000? Like, it seems like some of these have been cherry picked, which. Exactly. That's exactly what has happened. These names have been cherry picked. So in a wild coincidence, one of the three winners that she picked out of the bowl was in fact her Pilates instructor. Now, for those who don't know, Olivia lives in a small rural community in Victoria. 
And we can't take any credit for this detective work because one of our listeners who actually entered the competition sent this in to us as a bit of a tip off. I think she was a little bit upset and felt like the competition was unfair. I just think it's a little bit random that someone from Olivia's hometown, a rural community, was one of these winners out of 20,000 entrants. So just to reiterate, it's not like Olivia said, oh, my Pilates instructor won. What a surprise. She actually just shared the name and people have gone and done research and found the connection. Yeah, that's correct. So this listener has clicked on the winner's name and found that she actually lives in the same little town as Olivia. She did a bit more digging and realized that she works at the Pilates studio that Olivia goes to. It's pretty wild because normally with competition T's and C's, generally someone that knows you or is affiliated with the company running the competition cannot win it. I would like to see a copy of the T's and C's if there were any. Yeah, that's right. And I know some people might be listening and thinking, what's the big deal? No one's really been hurt. It was just someone who missed out on a $249 rainbow seat. (laughs) However, when it comes to these competitions, there's actually a lot at stake for the brand and also for the influencer because these competitions are a way of generating a lot of extra engagement and also a lot of extra followers. So I think it's a little bit unfair to hold this competition for people to get involved and think that they genuinely have a chance to win this prize. I totally agree. As you said, it's a small prize, but it's not the point. It's the fact that you are also misleading your followers and letting them think that they can win and then just handing the prizes off to people you know. Um, And hopefully get the dub and um, get my uh, get my ex-girlfriend's attention because I miss you I still love you <sighs> it is getting more and more difficult to believe Jordan Simi is in a relationship with Sammy Robinson the podcaster has been spotted continuing to party with French models despite claiming they're just friends Kate what is the latest on this well before we get to the latest I think we need to give a little bit of a background because regular listeners of the podcast will know that Jordan and Sammy's relationship has always been a little bit rocky so the pair broke up earlier this year but reunited again after Jordan vowed to win Sammy's love back in a celebrity boxing match who could forget that now the pair seemed strong when Sammy appeared as a guest on Jordan's podcast Grouse and a few reds in September however since then they've been MI on each other's social channels. So last week, speculation mounted that Jordan wasn't with Sammy after he left a Halloween party in Bondi with French model Julia Cortez. And Jordan affectionately referred to Julia as French toast. And he also mentioned a French kiss. So of course, people put two and two together and thought this was his new girlfriend. However, he did come out and say that they were just friends and he and Sammy are still together. Now, this is despite the fact that both aren't following each other on social media. Sammy has been very absent from the conversation. She's just been getting on with her life as normal. Kate, what is the latest now? What has been happening this week? So on Friday, Jordan was spotted partying with more French models. Now, when I say spotted, he shared it on his own Insta story. So he's not trying to keep it private at all. Now, the French models had previously attended the Asta Resort event before chilling out on a deck with Jordan and a couple of his friends. Now, Jordan was even seen play boxing with the girl's agent and casting director, Marion Mercier, who looks like a model herself. She's just absolutely stunning. 
And this week, Jordan enjoyed back-to-back trips to Bondi Beach with the French models, including Julia Cortez, who he again referred to as French toast on his Insta story. Now, the models visited Bondi Beach in between appearing on the catwalk at the Shona Joy Fashion Parade. Now, Jordan was at the beach with the models and also with Big Brother contestant Josh Carroll. As for Sammy, as you said, Sophie, she seems to be just living her best life. She has been doing a big warehouse sale for her brand One Mile, and she also appeared at an iconic event and was on the red carpet by herself. So I feel like that speaks volumes. When you say iconic event, you mean for the iconic, not that yes, the event was the iconic. iconic. <laughs> it looked like a pretty iconic event, to be honest, but yes, the iconic I just don't get it because Jordan seemed quite upset when he was copying flack over sharing these images of Julia Cortez to begin with. But now he seems to sort of be trying to get attention by sharing more about her. Look, it's not a good look. If he is still with Sammy, I, I've got to say I'm pretty jealous. I would not want to see my boyfriend at the beach with three stunning French models. I feel like it's quite obvious that they aren't together and I'm not sure why they haven't just come out and said it. I don't know. It's almost as if Jordan is tricking himself that things are okay, but then he appears to be antagonizing Sammy on social media. So I'm very confused. Yeah, he definitely seems to be switching up his moves. When they broke up the first time, he was very much begging for her back. Mm. Now he seems to be playing a game where he's trying to make her jealous. Now, I don't know if I'm being trolled here at all because I went on my dog Archie's Instagram account (laughs) For new listeners, my dog is Instagram famous. He has 34,000 followers. Stop plugging him, Sophie. I know you've got a talent (laughs) agency for him. but (laughs) Anyway, he quite often has blue ticks follow him. And it appeared in my news feed that another blue tick had followed him. And I was on the phone to Kate and I'm like, oh, it's so funny. This really attractive girl, she just followed Archie. I then clicked on the name and I'm like, Julia Cortez, who is that? And then it clicked. It's French Toast herself. So French Toast (laughs) is following my dog. I don't know if she's aware of it. I don't know if I'm being trolled, but I thought that was hilarious. Maybe Archie can reach out for a comment from French Toast to see what's going on. (laughs) Whenever a book is published, um, it goes through a very strict legal process. Now, the editing, there was like six to eight full edits by multiple people of the book, and then a lawyer will go through and they'll sort of like, to sort of summarise it, they'll kind of flag a few things which they're like oh and then they'll like red highlight things that they're like you can't say all the red stuff completely was taken out despite initially vowing to stay quiet on her breakup for the third week in a row sophie Keisha has revealed more about her split from fiance maddie garrick kate what has she said So this week, Sophie Keisha has thanked her personal assistant, Caitlin Pallardi, for being her pillar of support during this difficult time for her. Now, I feel like she's managed to throw in the boot a little bit to Maddie by praising this personal assistant a lot. I know on Tattle, a lot of people are saying, oh, I bet you they're going to hook up. So Sophie admitted that she couldn't eat or sleep for days after announcing the breakup. She said, they say you become the environment you're surrounded by. From answering a 4am call from Italy to get me home to right now, this chick has held my hand and helped ride the wave with me lately. She's cried with me, held me, packed up the house for me, stayed awake for sleepless nights with me, put food in front of me, trying to get me to stomach something, being there for the babies every minute. I couldn't be the best version of myself. Remind 
reminded me of my own worth even when I'd forgotten it, helped me focus on work that needed to be done, to taking me out for the best weekend ever, despite the fact I will now take six months to get over it. From once just an employee of mine to now my ride and die friend and best roommate to exist, I love you and thank you. Bring on summer together. I feel like this comment is very loaded. I do have to say, though, I am very relieved that she has a support system in place for her. I can see why some people may be jumping to conclusions about this, but for now, it sounds like they are just friends. It just seems to me that this working relationship is very full on, particularly because this girl, Caitlin, was hired as a personal assistant, but now she's literally living with Sophie, working with Sophie, looking after her kids. Like, imagine just wanting to go and do your own stuff, but you're having to help this person through this massive breakup. It would be hard to disconnect your personal life from work in this situation. But even going out with your boss, like taking your boss out to get them through a breakup, it's a very odd scenario. Yeah. I think it is good that they do have each other. However, I wonder how blurred the lines get at work. Yeah. Well, Sophie did share a video to TikTok and it was captioned, when your PA knows enough secrets to bury you. And the text on the video said, don't tell anyone what happened. And Sophie then goes up to the camera and goes like, shh. I just feel like, is this playing with fire? Because at the end of the day, yes, this person is your ride and die now. But I feel like with social media, you never know what's going to happen. And you don't want to be like, this person knows everything. And then they go do a tell-all interview. Yeah, it reminds me of all of those nannies that seem to fall in love with the boss and then they do all these tell-all interviews. It is a bit difficult, yeah, when you are telling your staff members things like this and perhaps it's someone you haven't known for a long time so you don't know whether to trust them. I also think it's very loaded her writing this message because she does reveal a bit about the breakup, even how she said that she had to pack up the house. Now, I'm not sure if she means that she had to pack up Maddie's clothes and send them off to her or whether she's no longer going to be living in a new house. I found it kind of condescending how she said that she called her PA at 4am in the morning and told her to book a flight. Like, surely you can just do that for yourself. Like, it's a bit rude to wake your personal assistant up. And also- (laughs) Could you imagine that? I hope she's paying her a lot. I know. And in terms of the packing up the house, I wonder if it was more she, like the personal assistant, went and packed up all Maddie's things before Sophie got home so she didn't see them. She's clearly indicating that something happened while she was over in Italy, that she found out about the cheating, so she had to immediately get a a flight home and leave. Is that not what that indicates? Yeah, that's a really good point, Sophie, because I know a lot of people were confused about the timeline. People were questioning whether it happened in Italy or if Sophie made the decision when she got back home. Now, talking about Maddie's side of things, she has been very quiet on the topic until this week. And she has got a lot of people speculating that she may have soft launched a new relationship with her teammate, Sarah Varga. Now, Maddie shared a reel of the pair on a day trip to Siena. And Sarah also shared a photo of the pair looking quite close. And she captioned the post, thank you for the day, Maddie Garrick. Now, Maddie commented on the post saying, there she is with love heart emojis. Oh, that is very telling. Yes, I know. And I need to point out that the So Dramatic podcast did have a source on the show claiming that Maddie had allegedly cheated on Sophie with a member of the Italian basketball team that she is now playing on. So it is all adding up. Again, though, I worked in basketball and I know particularly the import players, like the ones, you know, obviously Maddie is from Australia and living in Italy. They all tend to hang out together. They don't know anyone else. So it it is likely that they could just be friends. But I feel like Maddie's comment is a little bit telling. If this is true, 
I do have a lot of sympathy for Sophie Keisha because I can't even imagine how heartbreaking that would be knowing that your ex-fiance is over in Italy with the person that they cheated on you with, having this magical time getting to know each other. But I know you were not meant to leave a tampon inside for more than nine, I think it's nine hours. Yeah. I think that's the max. Yeah. There was a tampon inside me for three months. Love Islander Maura Higgins has opened up about how she almost died from toxic shock syndrome after medics found a tampon inside her for three months after she used it. So what has been going on? Yeah, so Maura appeared on a UK talk show to raise awareness about toxic shock syndrome. And during the interview, she opened up and revealed that she had experienced it herself. So she said that she couldn't understand what was causing her to be so ill until she went to hospital and discovered that there was a three-month-old tampon stuck up against her cervix. Oh my God, how scary would that be? To be completely transparent, I have never used tampons for this fear. Like I always remember seeing when I was younger, all this stuff about toxic shock syndrome and it went kind of quiet. So it is really good that Maura is shining a light on it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Kate, because that's one of the reasons Maura felt like it was so important to talk about because she said that she feels like there isn't much awareness around it and a lot of young girls don't know the dangers of keeping tampons in them for extended periods of time because according to Health Direct Australia, tampons should be changed every four to eight hours. So you can only start to imagine how ill Maura was to have one inside her for three months. And as we said... This can have dire consequences for someone. I'm surprised she didn't die because there are a lot of people that have died from this illness. Yeah, because for those who don't know, toxic shock syndrome is a rare but life-threatening condition and it is caused by bacteria getting into the body and releasing harmful toxins. And it is often associated with tampon use in young women, but it can affect anyone of any age. And as you said, Kate, scarily, it can be fatal if it's not treated very promptly. So thank goodness Maura got the help that she needed and actually went to hospital. I'm just really thankful that Maura has brought up this topic because, as I said, it's something that you kind of forget about. And she spoke about how a lot of girls go out on nights out and get drunk and would easily forget that they had a tampon on. And, I mean, she hasn't gone into exactly how her circumstance happened. I mean, she probably's forgotten. It's been three months. You know, who would know? Yeah, it is pretty scary. I think it's something that's easy enough to do. And I do hope her speaking out about it does generate more awareness. One good thing is I feel like teenagers seem a little bit more open about periods than we were when we were younger because I remember how embarrassing it used to be, like having to go to the bathroom. I remember putting like pads up my sleeve and trying to open them so quietly so if another girl was in the school bathrooms, they wouldn't know what I was doing, even though everyone had their period and were probably doing the same thing. Yeah, Maura actually said that she used to hide her tampons up her sleeve as well. Everyone does it, doesn't (laughs) it? Yeah, there was just so much shame around it. I actually, it was more so not the opening of the packets. It was the tearing off of the pad that I hated. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Anything that was making a noise. Well, I think that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Outspoken. Now, today's podcast was recorded on the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present. If you have enjoyed today's show, it would be incredible if you could leave us a five-star review and rating. Also, can you please make sure you do mention the show to a friend as that helps us grow? And also make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcast and Spotify. 